Good morning, everybody. I am Elizabeth Archer, and I am here with a very special limited series program, the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council Radio Hour. We are going to be with you the this whole hour this morning, and again on the first and third Tuesdays of June, also at 9 a.m. Uh, usually you hear me host the Farm and Garden Show, but today I'm putting on a different hat uh, with my role as as a Fire Safe Council employee, and I'm here with Fire Safe Council Executive Director Scott Craddy. Welcome, Scott, to your own show that I'm hosting. Good morning. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to talk about our two huge events that the Fire Safe Council is putting on this Saturday, May 21st. They are taking place at the Anderson Valley Brewing Company from 3 to 6 p.m. Later on in the hour, we're going to have a couple uh, special guests. We will also do Scott's absolute favorite thing and take calls if anybody has questions. He's chuckling. Um, so let's get right to it. We are hosting two pretty huge events this weekend. The first um, that we're going to talk about, we're, we'll talk about for the shortest amount of time, is the Mendocino County fourth mostly annual homebrew festival. Why do we call it the mostly annual homebrew festival? Uh, we're making an allowance for COVID. It, it was annual until then, but it's been annual with a little bit of a pause. We're, we're going to make a triumphant comeback, we hope. Mm-hmm. Um as of this morning, it looked like there were about 50 homebrews registered to compete for the People's Choice Award winner, which is uh, the first, second, and third place winners get gift certificates to uh, the beverage people in Santa Rosa. So if you come to the Homebrew Fest, you get to vote for your favorite. And there's also an official judging panel led by Anderson Valley Brewing Company's own brewer, Fal Anderson. Um, Fal has recruited some other master brewers, and there's also going to be very special guest judge, assembly member Jim Wood. So that's an exciting guest that we snagged, our, our elected representative. And what does the grand prize winner get, Scott? The grand prize winner of the Brewer's Choice uh, gets to brew their beer at Anderson Valley Brewing. So they get to spend uh, spend a day with Fal, uh, learn about how to scale up their production, produce it on one of the bigger systems at Anderson Valley Brewing, and then their beer gets to be on tap at Anderson Valley Brewing um, and also potentially at some um, at some special pint nights around the county. So you get your beer brewed up, you get to spend the day with um, an awesome uh, professional brewer with a whole lot of history. Um, the folks that have won the prior years, um, it's, it's just uh, it's a uh, a great lifetime experience so well well worth going after i'm very excited i haven't been to one before full disclosure i don't drink beer but there are some non-beer entries can you tell us about a couple of the beer and non-beer entries we have so far um well you know one of the things about the competition is that it's a really great competition year after year we've been just amazed at the high caliber of the the brews that are produced the the judges panels have been amazed uh we've got a lot of serious serious brewers in mendocino and the area and they brew just about everything there's going to be a huge range of things available just about every style you can imagine from porters to reds to browns to goes to uh and to this year uh we've got a beer brewed with chili 
Uh, in prior years, we've had a dill beer, uh, and we welcome all kinds of homebrew. It's not just beer, so you're going to get to branch out this year. We have a blackberry mead. Yum. Uh, and another mead. Uh, we've got like a sour kettle blonde. Somebody's got an orange ale coming in. Um, so you will get to experience a, you know, a lot of things that are familiar and a lot of things that aren't, which makes it a lot of fun. Uh, and there'll also be some sort of experimentation and pushing the envelope. As I recall, like the first year, the winner was uh, a Brute IPA, which was a style that was just sort of coming into into vogue then. So, And is it hot on the scene now? Did we usher that in? Uh, I, I don't know that it ever really <laughs> took over the beer world, but it was it was it was good while it lasted. Um, and I understand there's a root beer too that I think is a repeat entry, maybe from past years that's been very popular. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if this is the same root beer, but I think it was the second year um, we came dangerously close to having a beer a root beer win the People's Choice Award. That would get my vote. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so tons of homebrews to, ch to taste. There's also going to be live music from the Back Porch Trio Project, which is just such a fun sound. They're perfect for an outdoor event. It is, I should say, fully outdoors at the Anderson Valley Brewing Company's Outdoor Beer Park, which is a huge space, super cool. Um, and there will also be food for purchase from Slam Dunk Pizza and Feral Farms Little Blue Food Wagon. Um, I checked the weather right before the show. It looks like it's going to be a perfect 80-degree day in Boonville. Could not ask for better better weather. And I just I think it's going to be an awesome event. So how did this event originally start, and how did it become a benefit for the Fire Safe Council? Uh, well, originally, uh, back, back when um, I owned the West Side renaissance market which specialized in having uh, an amazing beer selection and um, actually it was Cynthia who owned Saucy back then that wandered in one day and and uh, and pointed out that we had a big gap in Mendocino County events that we didn't have a, a homebrew festival and there were some gaps in the calendar and um, she tried to twist my arm a little bit and um, I reached out to Matt Brown and a local brewer um, and he agreed to help me and I agreed I'd do it if it was a benefit for the Good Farm Fund, which I was on the board of at that time. So it started off as a Good Farm Fund benefit and a um, an event in downtown Ukiah originally. Uh, it was in the conference center the first few years. And after the break from COVID, we um, decided not knowing this is actually the rescheduled. Um, it sure is. We were supposed to do this in September yep. and had to pull the plug kind of late. And it was really disappointing for us, but especially for the homebrewers, because you have to brew beer pretty far, not always far in advance, but you know, somewhat far in advance. So there were a lot of home beer, home brewers with a lot of beer to, to drink in September. And we're so sorry about that. And also thank you for coming back for this rescheduled one. Yeah, it's, it's great of them to come back. Um, it's going to be a super variety and, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in expectation of not knowing how things would be at this time, we've got it outdoors now. 
Uh, Anderson Valley is a natural partner since they've been um, sponsors from the beginning, uh, and Fal has been our, our lead judge panel person from the beginning. So uh, it's a, it's been a partnership all along, so we're thrilled to be able to take it into their space. And as we'll get to in a little while, there's a co-event along with this, so we're going to need all that space. It's not just a beer festival. Yes, yeah, we are going to spend most of the rest of the show talking about the other event, but first... Um, I just want to ask what your favorite beer is, Scott. Yeah, I'm probably always going to go for a Belgian if there's a Belgian around. Um, In summer, uh, a light Belgian, and in winter, a dark one. (laughs) A Belgian for all seasons. There you go. (laughs) Okay, this is the Homebrew Festival, Mendocino County Homebrew Festival. That is a ticketed event. Um, It's on Saturday, this Saturday, May 21st, from 3 to 6 p.m. at Anderson Valley Brewing Company in Boonville. You can go to Mendo Homebrew Fest dot com to learn more or find us on facebook what about folks who are super beer nerds and also maybe hate crowds um and is there a way for them to get in early yeah so the the festival proper is from three to six but for those of you who want to have a little extra time to stretch out and maybe have longer conversations with the brewers uh, when there's not such a crowd around uh, we have something called a very important taster ticket uh, and uh, that is a little more, but it gets you in an hour early. Um, so you can uh, maybe hang out a bit with Fal, with some of the brewers. You can uh, politic with, with Assemblyman Wood. That's right. Before uh, he's tasted 50 homebrews. Yep. There you go. Thank you, Assemblymember Wood. You're you're brave man. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> probably taste all 50. You're going to want to be a little selective. Is but, it like wine tasting where it's acceptable to, to spit out the taste? Uh, it absolutely is. You can. That, that's certainly an option, uh, and a lot of people do. So, yeah, at um, 50, 50s, too many to sample in one day on your own. So that would hurt gonna... my feelings, though, if everyone was spitting my beer out. But I guess that's just the name of the game. It is. Part okay. Of the place. Well, that's the Homebrew Festival. Um, and we're super excited about it. Like I said, that is a ticketed event. And you can find more on our website or look for us on Facebook. Um, there is also a concurrent event. So happening at the exact same time during the exact same hours. Also hosted by the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council, also at Anderson Valley Brewing Company from 3 to 6 this Saturday. Um, And they're going to be right next to each other outside in that outdoor beer park. And it is what we're calling, optimistically, the first annual Wildfire Safety Expo. First annual Mendocino County Wildfire. Mendocino County, right. And just a quick bit on the tie-in there. I mentioned that the Brewfest started off as a benefit for the Good Farm Fund um, this year. Um, since I moved to the um, Mendocino County Fire Safe Council, uh, this is now a benefit for the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council. So there's the tie-in with having a wildfire expo. It's Scott. Scott Craddy is the reason that we have the Homebrew Festival, and it's going to follow you wherever you go. Possibly. Yeah. Well, it's been really fun planning it with you, and I do think they're both going to be amazing events. Um, doing the first annual or just the first of any kind of event can be a little nerve-wracking, but we have tons of amazing vendors and service providers and information providers and local county offices, organizations uh, signed up, and we're going to talk about all of that a little later in the hour. Um, but first, 
I want to welcome our first guest of the hour. We have Melinda Shawl of Family Tree Resource, based right here in Mendocino County in Willits. Family Tree Resource does hazard tree removal, tree trimming, fire abatement work for homes and businesses throughout Mendocino, Lake, Humboldt, Sonoma, Marin, and Napa counties. So that's a pretty impressive uh, range. Welcome, Melinda, to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Nice to have you. So can you just tell us a little about what you do at Family Tree Resource for folks who maybe never needed tree work done? Uh, So we offer free quotes to anyone that needs uh, tree work or think they might need tree work if they're concerned about their property. Uh, One of our quote specialists will come out and assess the property with the customer um, and help them determine what needs to be done and what they want to have done. And we can help them uh, determine the overall health of their trees, uh, help them come up with a land management plan uh, to help them be fire safe. Yeah, so talk a little about what the role of tree maintenance is in wildfire safety and defensible space. So regular pruning of your trees um, yields so many benefits that prolong the life of a tree. Uh, It enables a strong tree structure and growth while minimizing risks due to dead or weak branches. Um, Denying trees regular pruning or or care actually increases the potential for the spread of fire. Um, and excess yard uh, debris or waste, leaves, bark, brush um, actually increases your risks of fire. So what would you say is like the number one thing you do to help folks be fire ready? Um, We help our customers identify problem areas on their property. Uh, We help them understand the overall health of their trees um, and help them understand vertical and horizontal spacing for safety. Yeah, I think that is something that is a little bit misunderstood or maybe just not thought about. The Honestly, before I worked with the Fire Safe Council, I didn't think about vertical and horizontal um, defensible space area. I know Scott knows a lot about that. Do you, I'm putting Scott on the spot, do you know just off the top of your head, or maybe Melinda does, what the actual like parameters are for vertical and horizontal defensible space in terms of like feet from your house and what is the sort of like industry recommendations does that question make sense yeah it, it makes sense it's a it's a long answer and kind of multiple uh it depends on <laughs> linda's nodding yeah yes. uh, we you know uh, within the first five feet of your house there should be nothing uh, and then from 25 to 30 feet out you want everything sort of low and lean and green uh, and the further out you get, you know, the 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 you you still want things thinned. Basically, you want things so that um, so that a flame, if one thing catches fire, it's not close enough to the next thing to catch it on fire. So a little bit depends on whether you're on a slope or not. If you're on a slope, fire moves faster, so you want things further apart. Uh, and um, so you want things far enough apart that one thing's not going to catch the next thing, and you also want things high enough on the ground that if a fire is coming on the ground, the flame's not going to be tall enough to reach up and catch uh, what's there. 
basically what you're trying to do is train fire. One of the ways that fire gets to a home is, this isn't actually the most common way that houses catch fire, but direct flame from a fire passing through is one of the ways. And when you're doing that vegetation management, what you're trying to do is envision that fire coming and train it so that it, you want it to run out of fuel and run out of height as it approaches your house. So you want to like picture if flame comes from each direction and would it have something to get flame close to the top of your house? If so, you want to get that down uh, and you want to get the fire so that it has nothing to do but drop to the ground and sort of run out of fuel as it gets closer to your home. That makes sense. Um, so when you say nothing in the first five feet around your house, is that like nothing, nothing or like really well watered bushes? Or is that yeah. acceptable? The ideal is to have nothing flammable in the first five feet. But of course, that's a um, that's not something a lot of people are going to get to. So if you are going to have something there, you want to have it like away from your windows and vents, places where sparks can get easily in. And you want to have it super well maintained. You want to keep it low. You want to keep it healthy. You want to keep it green. So the hawthorn tree that's five feet from my house and probably has a lot of dead wood in it, Melinda, I'm not doing a very good job with that, am I? <laughs> you probably want to trim that up. <laughs> um, well, that's definitely a mistake I'm making. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that people make with trees on their property? That is the biggest mistake that yeah. we see with people with their trees um, on their property is not having that vertical and horizontal spacing uh, having trees too close to the home that is they're not trimmed back. There's low hanging limbs that are actually touching the roofs or touching the walls of the homes, touching the windows. Oh, man, um, that's the most common thing we see. Guilty. I got to go home and trim this hawthorn. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's on the side of the house. You don't think about it. But then it would be so easy for it to go up in, in flames. So this is a wake up call for me, maybe for some folks listening. It's time to trim our trees, folks. Um, maybe you can clear something up for us, Melinda. Uh, there are two tree companies based in Mendocino County with kind of similar names. There's Family Tree Service and Family Tree Resource. Can you tell us the differences between what you do? Do you work together? We do work together. So Family Tree Service focuses on utility line clearance work for our local utility, which is pg and &E. Um, Family Tree Resource was launched in 2015 to provide um, crews and resources to the residential community, uh, commercial customers, and municipal customers. Um, so Family Tree Resource became a totally separate business entity in 2018, dedicated to PG&E and utility line clearance, Family Tree Service, uh, Family Tree Resource. We focus on residential, commercial, municipality work. Got it. Well, certainly plenty of work for both of your organizations. Yes. I, it, it does sound like PG&E could keep them busy full time. And yes. you know, you have people like me who aren't doing a good job trimming their trees. So <laughs> thank you for helping us all. Um, I know Family Tree Resource has done some work with the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council. Um, maybe you and Scott can just talk a little bit about uh, that partnership and how you help keep the county uh, fire prepared. Yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, that was um, actually our 
sort of first really large contract and uh, it went out to bid and uh, we were fortunate that family tree was the the winning bidder on that because it was a it was a really good productive partnership um, most of that work happened last year and um, you know, together we did literally 26 miles of road clearing of uh, so fuel reduction along key roadsides in and around the Ukiah Valley uh, we put in over five miles of shaded fuel break off the road, so 164 acres, and that was work largely sort of extending and completing work around the valley beyond where um, CAL FIRE was able to get. So we picked up where they left off and extended that work. Uh, and Family Tree also delivered 80 um, community chipper days throughout the county. So, uh, and those are super productive. Because- and very popular. People are always asking about chipper days, so. Yep, so, uh, yeah, and the Family Tree crew did a great job out there on those. What do you do with the chips, Melinda? Uh, We donate them. So we have a free wood and chip list, so anyone that wants wood chips or wood, if we're working in your area and we have wood and wood chips, we'll call whoever's on the list, and we bring the wood chips or wood to your house and drop it off for you. Oh, wow, that's cool. Do you do any with like the gardens project or other sort of community gardening initiatives? We have uh, quite a few. We have 350 people on our list for wood and wood chips. Wow. Cool. So we, we don't have to, everything is recycled, repurposed, reused. It's going right back into the community for other purposes. So it works out really well. So Melinda... I don't know if you are a beer drinker, but there is more than just beer at the Homebrew Festival. What is your favorite kind of beer slash brew? Oh, the kind you drink. (laughs) I love love beer. (laughs) I always have. (laughs) I love beer. I say my my go-to would be a Pilsner. That's usually my go-to. Nice, smooth, easy to drink on a hot day. Yeah. I'm very excited about the the root beer. I think I'm just going to go to the root beer booth over and over. (laughs) Um, So you are a sponsor of the Wildfire Safety Expo, for which we thank you. Why was it important for your organization to support this, what we're hoping is the first annual Wildfire Safety Expo in Mendocino County? And what are you most looking forward to at the event this weekend? Um, so the biggest reason we wanted to sponsor is one, we've seen firsthand the devastation that can impact our community by these wildfires. Um, all of the work that the, uh, Mendocino County Fire Safe Council has done, um, I, you know, working with them over the, the past year, year and a half, their volunteers are incredible. They create these maps and routes and pickups for the crews when they go out and do these chipper days. And it's incredible. They're detailed. Uh, the volunteers are out there meeting with the crews, talking to the crews. And it's just, it's been a really, really nice experience. And they're, they're volunteers. It's absolutely incredible what they're doing. So we're totally on board and really, really supportive of what they're doing. Yeah, it's not often you can find an organization that 100% of people can unite behind, but I think we are pretty universally united behind keeping our homes and communities safer from wildfire. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and the the Chipper program in particular is just an amazing multiplier. We did a survey um, 
of of all the people that participated last year and you know i mean a there's like a you know 95 plus percent five star rating but beyond that the average person said they put in 17 hours of work clearing their property for the chipper day um so you know the multiplier on that is just huge it means it's it, it, you know it pays well over two for one on the volunteer labor that goes in and around 70 percent of people said they wouldn't have done the work if not inspired by the chipper day and the deadline that it set for them and somewhere around 60 i think percent of the people i may be a little off on that said that getting engaged in doing that inspired them to go on and do other wildfire preparation work around their home so um it you know it just it keeps working on multiple levels it snowballs yeah you start with the chipper day and then you just never stop hopefully (laughs) yeah there's a fair bit to do how can folks find out about chipper days in their neighborhood or sign up for one uh so if you go to our website and look at Oops, well, my computer shut down. So much for that. Uh, If you go to our website um, under, um, I think it's community programs, uh, there's a drop down menu for chipper days. uh, And uh, you can get all the information about there. You can call our office, 707-462-3662 is another way. Uh, Speak to Bobby, who will take very good care of you. Yep, if you don't do the computer thing. And if you just want to go directly and get yourself on a list uh, for, you know, we try to obviously be as efficient as possible. So you can't say, I want a chipper day and we send a crew to you magically. It's a big county. Uh, So we wait till we see a pocket of people in the same area that are all looking for chipper service and then organize days around that. So you can help yourself by coordinating with some neighbors, making it a community project. And then you go to, um, and there's a link for this off our website, but it's just chipperday.com backslash Mendocino uh, is a website where you can go and plug in your address and see if there happens to already be a day scheduled for your area. Uh, and if there's not a day already scheduled for your area, you can put in a reservation to be notified when one happens. And again, you know, the more Bobby Bobby pops up those things periodically and sorts through them and is looking for people that are people that are looking like they're making an effort to get an organized neighborhood together. Uh, and when we see those clusters, then we build a chipper day around it. So I live on a cul-de-sac with maybe 12 homes. So if I wanted to organize my neighborhood, I would have all of my neighbors go to that website and put in a request yep, and you, then it'll be like oh wow all these people in this exact same cul-de-sac want a chipper day yep you can do it that way certainly or you can also just call the office and say right. i've got 12 people <laughs> organized and bobby will bobby will take care of you cool yeah that is one thing i really appreciate about the fire safe council is how reactive or responsive um uh the i mean i say they i work for the fire safe council but not on these programs and i just really appreciate um how how much the fire safe council does in the county and melinda i really appreciate you joining us and thank you for helping keep our trees healthy and keeping us accountable i'm certainly um embarrassed about the state of my hawthorn now more so than (laughs) i was before (laughs) thank you for having me we're excited to see you this weekend Yes, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Take care, Melinda. Thank you, too. I'm going to take a quick second to reintroduce us, if you're just joining us. This is the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council's Radio Hour. We have a couple of shows coming at you this month, um, today from 9 to 10, and the first 
and third Tuesdays of June from 9 to 10. We're going to be talking about fire safety. And today's program, we have uh, Fire Safe Council Executive Director Scott Craddy, and I am your host, Elizabeth Archer. And we're talking to you about two very cool events that the Fire Safe Council is hosting uh, this Saturday at the Anderson Valley Brewing Company from 3 to 6. Um, there's a homebrew festival, which is a benefit for the Fire Safe Council, and there is the Hopefully, crossing our fingers that it's a huge success and we keep doing it, the first annual Mendocino County um, Wildfire Safety Expo. So we were just talking with Melinda Shaw of Family Tree Resource. And now it's time to uh, welcome our next set of very special guests to this radio hour. Uh, On the line joining us are Nate Oliver and Slate Breyer of New Cal Metals, the manufacturer of Vulcan Vents, which is a flame and ember resistant vent that helps protect homes from the threat of wildfire welcome thank you for joining us hey there thanks for having us how are you today where are you coming from you're on zoom for me where where are you located so we are located in loomis california uh, for anyone who doesn't know where that is a small little town uh, off interstate 80 about 20 minutes east of sacramento so it's pretty close to us. That's still in our sort of local food shed. We uh, consider your neighbors. <laughs> Anybody, you know, in California, especially Northern California, uh, you know, we're all neighbors here. Yeah, us NorCal communities have to stick together. Um, so can you tell us just about Vulcan Vents? It's interesting because we just had Melinda on who's all about fire, you know, preparation, wildfire preparation with your, um, you know, keeping your trees in good health. And you, your company is wildfire preparation when it's like knocking at your door. So um, just first, where are Vulcan vents made? Is it a new product? Have you been around for a while? What, what do they do? Tell us, tell us about what you do. So uh, my name is Slate Breyer. Uh, I'm director of engineering at New Cal Metals um, in product development. Um, so as far as being a new product, not really. We've, uh, we've been manufacturing since 2008. Uh, the codes came out roughly in 2006 looking for a product like this. Um, they didn't exist at the time. So we developed this product to meet the codes. Um, so we've been doing that uh, 14 years now. Um, lately, they've become a lot more well-known. In the beginning, it was really hard to move them because no one understood what they were what they were used for, what the requirements were. Um, so yeah, we've come a long ways in 14 years. I had um, no idea that Vulcan vents were 14 years old. Yeah, 14 years ago, people weren't thinking about fires the way we think about them now. So I'm not surprised that you've gained a little bit more popularity in the last couple years. Yeah, definitely over the last few years with all the fires we've been having, uh, people are really starting to think about it now and, and try to figure out what they can do to protect their home. And how do Vulcan vents help folks protect? Like, explain how this, because there's lots of different vents you can get. You know, you can do like really narrow mesh, but Vulcan vents takes it to the next level. Yeah, so they replace all your exterior vents on your home. Um, so they work in, in basically in two ways. Uh, they do contain a fine mesh that blocks embers. Um, that does over and over again, hundreds of fires, It'll always block the embers. Um, the last line of defense is we have an intumescent core that when exposed to flame, if the fire actually impacts your home, it, it intumesces, which means it swells up 
70 to 1 closes the vent off and prevents the fire from getting into your attic or crawl space. Well, that sounds like something worth yeah, let me, looking um, into. Yeah. Scott, just to jump in for a second, you know, we talked a little bit about the ways fire can get to your home, and we were talking about how vegetation management deals with direct flame. So that's one of the ways. Um, there's uh, radiant heat, which we're probably not going to talk about today. That'll be on another show, but um, that's uh, that uh, certainly can come into play with events a little bit. But you know, the thing that most people don't realize is that most homes burn down from embers. Uh, embers are what cause most home loss, um, and a lot of people aren't aware of that and aren't prioritizing the home hardening enough. But, um, you know, that's why thinking about your vents is so critical, because the thing that's most likely to burn your home down are embers, and between your roof and your vents, those are sort of the top two ways that embers are going to catch your home on fire. So super, super important, sort of top of the top of the home hardening list product we're talking about. What when did like California building code change maybe to, to have higher standards for vents? And how do Vulcan vents align with California building codes? Yeah, hi. I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Nate Oliver, I'm uh, director of marketing and technology here. Uh, and I get into the building code side of things. Uh, I naturally gravitated to that because uh, I love science, and these are this is a very sciencey product. And then you know I learned about fire science, and it all just made really really good sense. Um, <clears throat> it's a good question. Um, so for the California Building Code, uh, I got into this about three years ago, so. I'm relatively new to the block, um, but in 2006, there was this introduction of uh, the need for a fire-resistant product uh, to be <clears throat> installed on new construction. But the state has always been uh, shy to uh, enforce that on existing structures. Right, because that that would transform people's lives. Right, making making everybody who owns a home spend you know three thousand dollars to to do a bunch of work on their home or whatever. So it was it was kind of it started to develop in new construction, um, but in the older building code language, it it was an option. It was if you live in a wooey area. And that's wildland urban interface where development meets undeveloped lands, um, new construction. There was this, uh, you know, these vents need to be tested to a certain standard. And then there was an or clause in the set in the building code. So basically use a fire flame and ember resistant vent or eighth inch mesh. So eighth inch mesh screen as an alternative to this very, very much needed uh, flame and ember resistant product. And so a lot of people just opted for the eighth inch mesh. Because it's and cheaper, you'll that, right? Because it's find cheaper. it all over the internet. They'll say, well, Cal, you know, Cal Fire says this, and uh, the building code says this, and th that that's true, and it was true. Um, but as more and more homes got lost, uh, it was discovered that eighth inch mesh is not enough. We cannot pass the ember test, the very strict and stringent ember test, with eighth-inch mesh. We everybody fails it. You can't pass it. So um, the building codes, thankfully, uh, have changed, 
They take a long time to change, uh, but they have since changed requiring all vents currently, all vents, all exterior vents on new construction, if you live in a wooly area, must have it what's called a chapter 7a uh that's the part of the building code that spells out all this all the stuff all the requirements um you need to have a chapter 7a listed vent that that really is dormer dormer vents on top of the roofs the gable vents um foundation vents even eave vents ridge vents all of the vents um that's currently in this present building code so um yeah, I, I could talk your ears off with building code stuff. But yeah, that's hopefully that answers your question. I have read Chapter 7A many times, and I'm impressed that you could talk our ears off about it because I'm not super into building codes, and I'm glad there are people like you who are. <laughs> but yeah, they are we, important, we, certainly. We, yeah, we sit on the WUI Task Force. Uh, there's a, a called the WUI Task Force in California. Um, so we help develop and contribute uh, as stakeholders. To, to just improving that building code for, for people's safety. We're proud of that fact. So Scott, do you know how much of Mendocino County or what parts of Mendocino County are in what's considered the the WUI, the Wildland Urban Interface? Certainly the vast majority of it um, in terms of you know mileage. Pretty much just about every place but the valley floors um, that are, you know, our kind of main population areas. So the main, you know, downtown Ukiah is not. Uh, but, um, but, you know, you don't have to get far outside of town to be in the wooey. Yeah, like even the homes sort of nestled up against the western hills, for instance, yep. would be considered wooey homes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting because most homes do just have those eighth inch mesh or not maybe not even eighth inch if they were built a really yeah. long time ago. Um, and we know that embers getting into the house, often through vents, are is one of the number one causes of home loss during wildfire events. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, it probably seems daunting to some folks, and it is certainly an expense to replace your vents, but it's not more expensive than replacing your home. Um, I do have nope. a question about installation of these. Are they easy to install could uh, you know a homeowner with some handy person skills do it do you need you know a specialist a contractor what's what's the deal with installing new vents uh no you, you could absolutely do it yourself um if you would be comfortable putting a standard gable vent or whatever vent on your home uh these install exactly like any standard vent um now you could be in a situation where you know you have a vent that's stuccoed in and may not be comfortable tackling that um but there there's also retrofit kits and stuff and ways around that as well um we've really tried to develop the product to be as user friendly as possible um so yeah we sell a lot of a lot of retrofit materials we're i, I would say we're the number one retrofit company out there um we've worked really hard to make you know easy to install easy to go over existing vents products is, is there a go-to place if somebody wanted to see the range of retrofit options that you've got available where would they where would they go look um, yeah, so our entire product list um, is can be found at vulcanvents.com we have our uh, our products listed by category so if you click on vents and then you can click on Eve vents or you can click on gable vents or soffit vents uh, we do have a retrofit 
section, which is a kind of a, a compilation uh, of all of the different retrofit models that come from various categories, but they're all lumped up into one. Like, hey, these are all the vents that people are uh, that could you, you could use these for retrofit. So if you go to the foundation vent section just by itself, you'll see regular foundation vents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you go to the Eve vent section, you'll see the Eve vents. But if you go to the retrofit section, you'll see some of the foundations and some of the Eves and some of the dormers that are all mixed in for retrofitting. Um, and I just want to highlight and simplify Slate's point. People think Vulcan vents are like, uh, you know, special knowledge is required because they're very special vents. What makes our vents special is the insides, not the outsides. So a nailing flange is a nailing flange is a nailing flange. On any vent, on any common $4 junky little vent, right? <clears throat> a flange is a flange is a flange. So little construction knowledge, little handyman knowledge, little carpentry, and you can get the job done. And you'll also be at the Wildfire Safety Expo this weekend. What are you bringing? Like, what can folks expect to see? Are you going to light anything on fire? Uh, yeah, so basically I'm going to bring a box of vents um, and a, I guess you'd call it a torch down torch. Uh, you know, it throws a big flame. And so we'll be setting them off probably every 30 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic, and just let people see firsthand how they work. Cool. And there's going to be lots of firefighters there. So I totally trust you. I know that you're going to, you have a big box that you do it in. And just in case anyone's nervous about fire being, you know, present at the Wildfire Safety Expo, there will be many, many people on hand who can help put a fire out. It's pretty amazing to see these things in action and to see them work. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, I got to visit you at the recent Sonoma County Wildfire Safety Expo. Um, and it they, they are very cool to look at. It's something you definitely want to, like, look at and touch with your hands to get a better understanding of. Um, so, Slate, you're going to be joining us this weekend. Is that correct? That is correct. What is your favorite kind of beer, Slate? If you drink um, beer. Yes, I drink beer. Um that's hard to say. Yeah, I pretty much like all beer. All yeah, beer? Pick two. Pick two. It's going to be an 80-degree <laughs> day with a light breeze. Uh, yeah, then I'll probably be looking for something a little lighter. Maybe stay away from IPAs and the heavy stuff. Being out in the sun, uh, that, that usually doesn't mix too well with me. How do you feel about root beer? Uh, not so much. <laughs> oh, good. More for me. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fun chatting with you. I look forward to seeing you this weekend and um, watching the the demonstrations. And I'm sure folks will also be really interested to chat you up at the expo this weekend. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Bye. Okay. Well, that was Nate Oliver and Slate Breyer of New Cal Metals. They manufacture Vulcan vents. They will be at the Fire Safety Expo this weekend, um, as will a ton of other organizations. So let's talk about that a little bit, Scott. Yeah, so, you know, our mission at the Fire Safe Council is to help motivate uh, and and uh, motivate people to learn to survive and thrive in areas where wildfire uh, is natural and adapting to that 
takes a lot more than one step. So it can it can get a little overwhelming at times for people to to think through all the problems uh, that they or all the steps they need to take to get as wildfire ready as possible. Um, it um, the expo is a is a great way to sort of get an overview of the things that you can do to help protect your family and your property. And it's also a great way to find out about uh, ways you can get help and support doing that. There's going to be a lot of the agencies that provide help and support, a lot of the vendors that have products. Uh, so it's going to be a way for you to, there's going to be people who do home assessments. Uh, we'll, we'll get into more about what the range of things that people do, but um you know, it's it's a it's a way to jumpstart you towards um, finding ways that you can get help with it, which is a lot of a lot of us need. And I'm gonna um, just to emphasize, um, you know, I came across a study just recently by the insurance industry um, that really drove home to me the value of taking the steps to do it. Um, they the, the study came up with that um, for home hardening. So home hardening is because embers are the things that burn most houses down. Uh, by just taking steps to home harden or harden your home, you can reduce the risk of your home burning down up to 40%. Wow. Um, and when you combine that with vegetation management, they came up with that you can reduce the risk of your home burning down up to 75%. Oh, wow. So it we do have more control than we realize. Yeah, exactly. Because it can um, seem daunting, right, to do home hardening. It totally can. But when you think about that, you know, if you can increase your odds of achieving anything by 75%, uh, that's huge. That is a whole lot of control that you have. Uh, and in this case, when the thing that you're improving your chances by up to 75% on is keeping your home and your photos and your keepsakes, you know, how worth it is that? To, so, you know, it's, it's a good time to start taking steps and we're hoping you'll get out to the expo that will help you get inspired to take a lot of those steps. When I think it's important what you just said to start, it's not something that if you start it, you have to commit 100% and get everything done in, you know, a week or a month or whatever. Even doing little changes can certainly have major impact. So clearing dead and dying material off of your home, start with what's closest to your home, right? Start in that, that those first five feet and then what the first like 25 feet, what's the next step up? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's a super important point. Uh, we strongly advocate a home outward approach. Um, so you start with your roof and decks. Uh, we have, if you go to our website under um, Safeguard Your Home, this is the first drop down there. We have a home hardening video series and it outlines the steps in order of importance um, and broken down into little chunks. So you can um, look at the first video and if you, if you You've got a couple hours on a weekend. You can look at the first little five-minute video on what to do this weekend for your roof and gutters, uh, and then move down to the video on eaves and I mean on vents, um, and sort of take take the steps in order. Do a little bit uh, whenever you have time, and you you definitely start at the home, uh, work your way out, clear those first five feet to the extent possible. That's what's now called zone zero uh, most often. Uh, and that's the place that's because, um, you know, I saw a great illustration of this um, the, in the, um, the the fire that happened in Kalpala. Um, somebody had a giant umbrella that was open on their back patio uh, and it looked 
absolutely like Swiss cheese. Um, it, it was a real kind of eye-opener about how dense the ember storms can be when there's a fire nearby. So, you know, whatever direction the wind is blowing, that wind is going to be blowing lots of little bits of fire at your house, and it's going to catch on your roof. It's going to bank on the side of your house, and it's going to land at the base of your house. So having those first five feet as impervious as possible to piles of little burning things, uh, the first five feet and kind of the first six inches up, you also don't want to have because they're going to bank against the base of your house. Um, so you want to have that as clear as possible. And then you sort of thin out from there out to at least a hundred feet if possible or your property line or if you're on a slope perhaps further than that um but that's that's sort of the basics um and that's you know a couple of pieces of it and there's a bunch of different ways you can go about vegetation management uh family tree resource and a other a lot of contractors can help with part of it uh we are going to have um, i believe we're going to have holy goats we're going to have holy goats they're going to bring some friendly goats and a pen for them to hang out in for folks to pet um, we're also going to have All Risk there. They do property assessment and home hardening services. And we're going to have Brook Trails and Beyond Wildfire Mitigation Services. They do uh, wildfire hazard mitigation and abatement. Um, they're going to bring a tractor. So that's fun. There's going to be lots of big vehicles there for people to to admire and check out. Um, so yeah, definitely folks there that you can talk to about home hardening. And of course, the Fire Safe Council will have a table. You can talk to us at that. Um, and we're going to have some local, you know, fire stations represented. Anderson Valley Fire, Hopland Fire, Ukiah Fire are all going to be there. They're going to um, bring engines, probably a water tender or two, and are going to be there to, to answer your questions as well. So plenty of opportunities to talk about home hardening and safety yep. um, and to check in with your local, you know, first responders at the expo this weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm also really looking forward to petting the goats, yep. which is a good time to mention it's a family friendly event. So it's free. It's open to all ages. There's kids activities. Um, Hopland Research and Extension Center is bringing kids activities and there's going to be live music. If your kids get antsy, they can go dance. Um, so yeah, tons of opportunities for the whole family to come out and enjoy themselves, enjoy a beautiful day and learn about fire safety yeah and we're trying to make sure we have kind of the whole range of things there for you to, to think about so uh you know emergency services will be there as well yep super important that you understand the best ways to get the news to know what's going on in an emergency so yeah. they'll, they'll be able to help you make sure you know how to be signed up for all the alerts that the county offers that's right the office of emergency services will be there search and rescue the sheriff the mendocino ham community and mendocino auxiliary communication service will be there if you are into ham radios kzyx will be there i mean this station is an amazing place to get information during an emergency yep so um basically you know all aspects uh from planning your planning your evacuation to knowing where to look for evacuation routes in the county uh from information about how to uh get your emergency kit prepared and ready to go and what to think about that uh, we're going to have at least some of our neighborhood fire safe councils. Another important layer in this whole process is, you know, you want to you want to prepare your home and family, and then you want to help your community. Uh, and there's two reasons for that. One of which is, is selfish, uh, which is that you know a, a study in Paradise found that the the two biggest determinants of 
which homes burned and which homes didn't burn. You know, one was the age, so how fire, how how up to code they were, basically. Uh, and the other one was how close they were to another house that burned down. Uh, so if your neighbor's house isn't prepared and ready and it catches fire, it's going to be a long, you know, flames flames come into an area and they move through kind of quickly. So if you're you've got your defensible space and your home is hardened, the flames will probably move through and you might be okay. But if the house catches fire next to you, it's going to be burning for a long time, sending sending embers uh, into your community and endangering all the homes around it. So the more we work together uh, to get all the homes ready, uh, the better off we all are. Um, I want to mention one other thing. We will have some um, prize drawings and some giveaways. Yes, yes. And uh, a way to get entered into that is to take our fire safety quiz. Um, so if you go to our website, which is firesafemendocino.org, uh, under the first thing, safeguard your home, uh, there's a preparing for fire where we have our new six steps for getting ready for wildfire. So we have the sort of the six basic steps there. Uh, and you can read through that, and then there is a quiz. There's a button to take a quiz. Uh, and um, if you go in and take that quiz, you will be entered into um, a drawing for potentially for um, a home evacuation kit or, or some other great prizes. We have a call. Sorry, we've been chatting so much I forgot to open the lines. Um, but we will take this call. If we can, we know the phones have been... There we go. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Where is this fair? Oh, yes. Thank you for calling and asking that question. It is this Saturday, May 21st, at the Anderson Valley Brewing Company in Boonville from 3 to 6 p.m. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yep. And just to clarify that again, so there's... Two events right next to each other. One is the Homebrew Fest, which is ticketed, and you're going to have to have a wristband, and you have to be over 21 uh, to to participate in the tasting. Uh, and then right next to that is this wildfire expo that we've wildfire safety expo that we've we've been talking about, and that is for absolutely everyone. Uh, and hopefully, as many of you as possible will come because we're uh, we we want to support our vendors and we want to. Um, Make sure you know, this is this is your opportunity to get as wide a range of information uh, as is available. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. There's live music from the Back Porch Trio project. There's food for purchase from Slam Dunk Pizza and the Little Blue Food Wagon. It's going to be just a perfect 80-degree day. Um, lots of kids' activities and giveaways and swag. There's going to be some cool raffles. Um, you know, Vulcan Vents is going to light some stuff on fire, which is always fun to watch. And maybe we can convince some of the fire trucks to, to you know, do some fire hose demonstrations. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good time. I do want to thank Anderson Valley Brewing Company for letting us use this space absolutely free. Uh, amazing partnership there. We couldn't do it without them. Super appreciative of um, the, you know, cooperation and partnership with them. Um, we're running out of time. Scott, I just want to ask you quickly, why the combo of events? You know, uh, the Fire Safe Council had had on the back burner doing an expo for a long time, and um, and it looked like the Good Farm Fund wasn't going to pick up the Homebrew Festival, and it just seemed like a 
great way to make it a little more interesting. Uh, simple as that. Um, it, uh, you know, having an expo takes a lot of work. So combining an expo with a fundraiser, so we're not in the hole for putting on a community event. Uh, hopefully the, uh, the, the brew fest will at least break us even. And, um, so it's a, a great way to make it a lot more fun for the community and to make sure that, uh, make sure we can keep doing it so that we can sustain ourselves as well. Yeah, I mean beer and wildfire safety. I don't, I don't see why those shouldn't be a match made in heaven. And you know, you're at the absolute last desperate niche when when you have to put out the fire with your beer. (laughs) Save the beer. Yeah. Um, okay, well, wow, this hour has just flown by. Um, I'm going to quickly repeat the link if you want to take that quiz that Scott was talking about. FiresafeMendocino.org backslash preparing dash for dash wildfire backslash. If you take that quiz, you can be entered uh, into a raffle to win an emergency go bag. I'll say I work for the Fire Safety Council and I did not get 100% on that quiz. So there's a lot, even if you think you know everything, there's lots to learn. I don't think we've given the website for the Brewfest yet. And if you want to learn more about both the Brewfest and the Wildfire Safety Expo, including, you know, details about who's going to be there, what they're bringing, um, there's a to buy tickets to the homebrew fest that is mendohomebrewfest.com right i go to that website so often and now i'm yeah mendohomebrewfest.com and that is uh, information about both of the events um and you can also find us on facebook you can go to our website uh, there's lots of ways to find us there's posters all over um come on out this saturday from 3 to 6 p.m at the anderson valley brewing company in boonville for the first annual wildfire safety expo and if you're a beer drinker you can also go to the concurrent homebrew festival that's outside but it's You know, the expo is free and open to everybody. It's super family friendly, live music, food for purchase, raffles, beautiful weather. And it's also Pinot Fest this weekend in Anderson Valley. So there's going to be a lot of uh, fun, interesting things going on. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.